Hi, this is Pete Chianka from Blogness on the Edge of Town. And when I'm not blogging about Bruce Springsteen or writing my comic strip pet peeves, I am listening to Set Lusting Bruce, my favorite Bruce podcast, and really the only one worth listening to. In the And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we continue our series of episodes where fellow podcasters join me to talk about their podcast journey, and we share a little bit of Bruce Springsteen discussion. Tonight, I have Calvin with me from the Americana Music Show, correct? Yeah, that's, yep, that's correct, Americana Music Show. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm just so glad you're here. Um, so, Calvin, tell us a little about yourself. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bit of an old fart, but if you remember uh, back in the 80s, there was this thing called the zine movement, and this sort of when personal computers and desk side printers were just becoming a thing, and everybody was using... Uh, you know, software, word processors to, to produce and publish their own zines. And they would have catalogs that would index all these thousands of personal zines that people put out. And that's kind of how I got my my start in the world of, I don't know, creating stuff for other people. And I had a blast. I had a, a zine called Stuck in Traffic back in the day. And um, through that, you know, I met a bunch of people, made some friends. And there was this uh, one uh, woman in particular that uh, I was kind of interested in. And she was a, a DJ at a uh, local radio station here in Durham, uh, WXDU. And it was a student station, but they would let people from the community be DJs as well. So I was like, well, you know, I can do that and that'll get me in the same building, right? So uh, I signed up to be a DJ over there and I did sort of the indie rock uh, thing for a few years at WXDU. But one night, uh, this DJ that came in after me, a guy by the name of Rick Cornell, came in and he said, here, here's, would you like to have this CD? The, uh, the record label sent two of them to me. I said, sure. And it was this album called Cowfish, Fowl, or Pig by a band called The Gourds, who I had never heard of. But I uh, listened to it going home, and it it sort of just opened my mind to roots music and country music and twangy music. And I had kind of grown up with it, but I had never really appreciated it 
you know, as an adult, but it sort of, it, it flipped a switch on in my brain. And, uh, I, from then on, I was, I was hooked on, on roots music. And, but at the time at that station, you know, I was like sort of, you know, trapped in a, in a indie rock format. They, they required me to play, you know, from their set list, but there was sure. a new station starting up in Carborough, North Carolina, just down the road, um, called WCOM. So I applied to have a Roots Music show with them, and uh, they accepted it. So I jumped ship and I went over to uh, WCOM and started a radio show called uh, Taproot Radio. And then I did that for a couple of years. And then, I don't know, pretty much by accident, I stumbled across the Adam Curry podcast and mm-hmm. started getting hooked on this thing called podcasting. And I thought, well, you know, I'm doing all this music and I had this idea that I would start interviewing bands and, and that would be my thing. And so I bought a, a field recorder and, and I would show up at gigs and pester bands, um, you know, to let me interview them. And, you know, most of the time they were really nice and I got some good interviews, but they're also you know, performing is a really draining thing. So they're usually really tired and, and whatnot as, you know, they appreciated it, but at the same time, probably wasn't the best time to be interviewing them. And back then, this was like in 2006 or so, I was just posting the audio files online and it wasn't until several years later that I understood what podcasting was and what RSS feeds were and so I didn't have a, a like a proper podcast until a couple of years later. Um, and I went through several show format changes and name changes and whatnot. But I think it was somewhere around 2009, I kind of landed on the Americana Music Show and the format uh, that it is today. And I, I always tell people that the Americana Music Show is hand-picked, road-tested American music. and And by that, I mean you know, handpicked in the sense that I audition albums, you know, 15, 20, sometimes more albums every week. And I personally select which tracks I think are worthy of including into rotation and and into the show. So it's not a computer or, you know, a PR agent purchasing time on a service or whatnot. They're handpicked tunes. And road tested means that, you know, my wife and I, uh, audition the vast majority of all the albums while we're driving around in my car. And so we throw a CD in the player and we listen to the tracks and my wife uh, takes notes as I, you know, say which tracks I think are good and not good. So that's the road tested part of it. <laughs> that is awesome. And what a cool thing to do together as a couple. Um, do you, do you guys sometimes disagree? Is she, do you like something she doesn't, or uh, since it's your show, do you ultimately have veto power? Yeah, you know, she is really good in not trying to insert herself, but sometimes I can tell from her mannerisms and her posture and whatnot that she's really ready for me to move on to the next track <laughs> or move on to the next album, and and sometimes I will uh, solicit her um, advice and of course we've been doing this for so many years now she knows my taste and like there's sometimes like a, a track will come on and she'll just go ahead and mark that track number down in the oh, notes because she knows I'm gonna like it yeah but uh, but you know I do consult her and we do talk about it and so she has 
some influence, although I give her credit for being a little bit restrained and not trying to lobby too hard. That's good. Um, you know, a couple months ago, uh, I guess January, February, at one of the local clubs here, a guy who works for Evan Williams, the bourbon brand, um, did a bourbon and bluegrass show. Interesting. And he, um, it was, it, he didn't have the full band. It was just him. And, uh, we got to talk to him afterwards and I, and he said normally that what he does is they have a kind of band and they will go through the history of the bourbon and the U.S. history and then the music and bluegrass. Um, and he says, and it gives him excuse to play with these really good bluegrass players. <laughs> and it also kind of compliments because, um, you know, like good old Mountain Dew, that old, you know, song. And, and he found a bunch of other historical songs that they'll play talking about the different where we were as a country during when, you know, this bourbon was being um, produced. Interesting. And and it was a great, and I, I'm trying to get him on the show because I think that's a wonderful, um, just that history, you know, bourbon is the official American whiskey and it is um, steeped in so much history. Yes. It's uh, pretty cool. So that's neat. Um, what is... What do you think about this, as you called it, roots? Or, um, you know, I grew up in a family that, um, to use the Blue Brothers, Blues Brothers joke, we listened to both kinds of music, country and Western. Right. Uh, you know, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, uh, certainly Hank Williams. You know, all these um, people were, you know, on the record players at my parents' house constantly. And I grew up with a bigger... Like I, I could know every word of a uh, Johnny Cash song, but probably could not name the four Beatles at right. one point in my life. You know, right. so what what kind of led you to this kind of when you found it? Why do you think it spoke to you? You know, that's a really good question. I think um, you know part of it is my family history as well. Uh, my both sides of my family. Uh, are from various parts of Texas, and all my extended relatives are from Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas. And so certainly I heard a lot of uh, country music growing up, a lot of Texas music growing up, uh, even though I was raised in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I think, you know, that's part of it is it sort of resonated with my family history and sort of reminded me um, of my, you know, extended family. But I also think there's an element that uh, Roots music sort of speaks to the adult in us, you know, the people who, you know, have been around the block a couple of times, had heartache a couple of times and whatnot. And I think there's still something about roots music that is trying to tap into those actual world experiences that people have. And I think, I think that was a lot of it for me is like, I can listen to these people sing and, you know, even though I might not own a pickup truck, I can relate to the vibe that's coming through on the songs. Yeah. I, one of my best friends is, um, 
a major Bob Dylan fan and um, also a Bruce fan. And but he loves Lucinda Williams, and um, you know Jason Isbell. Of course, Jason's really you know drive-by truckers and it left and is doing so successful but uh steve earl and these he has a whole set of you know singer songwriters that have this kind of i guess americana is a fair label for them sure uh, um you know that he just adores and um i i like listening to it too and i do feel that the you know there it's real and it and it's and it's calling them about an emotion and it's telling a story, and um, I think that's the beauty um, of this kind of music. And I and I think that's cool that you're kind of helping to send it out to the world and letting people hear it. Well, thanks thanks for saying that. I I think there's also an element of um, people singing their own songs. So there's like, there's the singer songwriter vibe going on and people playing their own instruments. And you really get the sense that it's a flesh and blood human being. Not that that's the only genre of music where that can happen, but it's like in roots music and Americana and blues and soul, that's sort of the table stakes. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, And I think, you know, I think, uh, not to go too far out on a limb, but I think there's a certain element of that that comes through on Bruce Springsteen, too. He, You get the sense that he's singing his own songs and playing his own instruments and really putting himself in there. And um, and I think that's partly why uh, we can appreciate him from, from an Americana perspective. I do think that, and I do, um, you know, like he did the Seer Sessions album right. um, that was, uh, you know, filled with just this wonderful songs, and and there is, um, I think, a lot of songs off Wrecking Ball have yes. that feeling too, so, um, and, you know, Little Steven had once in an interview said that if if Bruce had wanted to be a pop um music writer he could have been a really good pop music writer that if he had wanted to put his efforts into making great pop songs he could have but that just isn't where his muse sent him and um you know obviously i do a bruce springsteen podcast so i'm biased but i do think that he tries to tell a story and i do believe in a lot of ways he's very um patriotic in trying to tell America's story and trying to tell you the good and the bad of it. Interesting. Okay, I'll buy that. Um, now, um, a couple of years ago, they did, um, there was an album of um, a lot of people that I would call, in, you know, the Americana, did uh, Born in the USA um, called Dead Man's Town, where they covered the songs on that. Uh, have you ever heard that? I have not, but I'll have to look okay. it up now. Yeah, um, it is. It is really an interesting. Um, it was. It was the 30th anniversary of Born in the USA, and so they. Um, th- so they had a bunch of people like Jason Isbell. Uh, the Apache Relay, Blitz and Trapper, Joe Pug, Holly Williams, and they each 
Trampled by Turtles, uh, Justin Towns Earl, and they did the album, but in their style. Interesting. And, and it was very interesting because um, the premise, the guy writing about the album was, you know, because Born in the USA was so iconic and it's in the middle 80s and all the trappings of that synthesizer and all that right that sometimes the music got buried by the hype and so they kind of gave these people okay you pick a song and do it as if you're beginning and um i've told the story a couple of times but i was in new orleans uh from the first weekend of june to celebrate my wife's wedding anniversary and my birthday because june 2nd is our wedding anniversary june 3rd is my birthday and we're going through French Street, Frenchman Street, and we're, you know, going in and out of clubs. And there was one, and as your wife understands you, my wife kind of rolls her eyes and knows that if there's any chance to talk about Bruce Springsteen, I will. <laughs> and she just kind of accepts that as part of the thing. And so the uh, there was a couple people playing, and they were going around collecting, you know, the passing the hat and selling CDs. And I looked and Linda said, yes, go ahead. And I said, hey, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan, but not sure if you guys would want to do. And she said, um, the singer said, oh, Atlantic City is one of my favorite songs. Here, I'll, I'll do it for you next set. And it was amazing. So um, it's, it's, I guess my point is there is, as much as he's rock and roll, I think there is a little bit of that roots that he is – music can reach out to people and they can hear that side of him as well. Yeah, and it also speaks to good songwriting, both in terms of music and melody and in terms of um, lyrics. I remember yeah. I used to do this thing, you know the song, You Don't Miss Your Water? Um, I'm blanking on the singer's name. Uh, Archie Bell, maybe? That doesn't sound right, but anyway, okay. you don't you don't miss your water till the well runs dry, okay. And um, classic soul tune, and I used to have five different versions of that song, and I would I would sometimes get on the station and I would play the original soul tune, and then I would play a, a country version of it, and then I would play a rock and roll uh, version of it, and they all worked. And part of it is because all of those genres are based in the American experience. And part of it is because the strength of the lyrics are there that they can, you know, support a singer's emotions, you know, regardless of the genre they're working in. Yeah. And um, I think I think that's interesting. And, you know, they're um, we I'm always when an artist covers someone else and when I always want them to find their own voice, you know, if you're going to sound just like the original, what's the purpose? Um, you know, you want to find your own voice and your take on this tale. So that sounds interesting. I will have to check that out. Uh, um, it was William Bell, William Bell. Okay. Gosh, I'd okay. be embarrassed if I got off this podcast having used the wrong name. But anyway, well, <laughs> there you go. We can, but yes, we you're can, absolutely right. <laughs> we can always fix that in post. <laughs> right. right. Uh, uh, so, uh, so, well, you've talked a little bit, but kind of give me your Bruce Springsteen background. And just to remind my audience, what I had done is I'd reached out to 
different uh, forums and Facebook pages and saying, hey, I'm looking to do some cross-promotion. And um, Calvin said, well, I'm not a huge Springsteen fan, but I would love to be on your show. And so um, we are going to go and we're going to kind of, I gave him a list of 10 songs that kind of cover Bruce's um, career, and we're going to kind of talk about them. But tell me, what what's your familiarity of Bruce and what's your thoughts on him? You've kind of shared already, but if you could expand some more. Yeah, sure. Uh, I will say that um, until maybe just the past three or four years, I never would have considered myself a Bruce Springsteen fan. Not because I don't like his music, just because I never focused on his music. Um, but... Of course, Bruce Springsteen is iconic and he's everywhere. He he's just he's sort of background, you know, to the American experience at this point. And so I've, you know, I've heard a lot of Bruce Springsteen uh songs and I would even say, you know, several of them I like, but I've never been a fan to the extent that I sought out all of his albums and I really, you know, deeply dug into his music. Uh but like you said, he did that um what was it, a, a Seeger album? Yes. Uh, a couple of three years ago, and he was all over the radio and TV for that. I don't know that that album did particularly well, um, but if you listen to it, it felt like he was he was trying to be both faithful to the songs, but also communicate their importance to today's audiences, which I really appreciated. And and I appreciate it when a when an artist kind of goes out on a limb like that, even even if you have to say, you know, maybe that album wasn't super successful artistically. I still really appreciated the fact that he did it, just like uh, Elvis Costello. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I don't care for the albums he puts out, but I'm glad that he's out there trying and pushing the limits and, and experimenting with things. So I really respected uh, Springsteen um, for that Seegers cover album. But then what really sort of tipped me over is when he put out that autobiography, I think it's called Chapter and Verse. Yes, that's and, CD. Um, uh, a PR person sent to me the companion CD by the same name that they put out. And, I, and as I understand it, that CD is all songs that he personally picked out as being relevant to both the biography and being some of his favorites. And I enjoy that CD thoroughly. Um, And there were several songs on there, uh, which I had never um, really paid attention to or heard much of before, like Living Proof uh, was on that, I believe. And um, so that was really interesting to me. And in particular sort of the the middle two thirds of that CD are a lot, you know, there's a couple of outliers there, but mostly it's, it's, you know, his really popular stuff and the things he's known for, but at both at the beginning of that CD and at the end of the CD are things I had never heard of from him before. And in particular, there's a couple of tracks at the front um, of that uh, CD, which were kind of done sort of before Bruce Springsteen, the icon, kind of got solidified, and they're yes. just really interesting songs. There's a song on there called Jesse James, 
uh, which I think is amazing. And then, um, oh heck, what's the other one? Uh, he's guilty. Yes. And, uh, and those, I just, I, those songs kind of blew my mind and I actually included both of those plus some other tracks on episodes of the Americana music show, uh, when that CD came out. So I think that was probably the moment that really, um, brought him on my radar screen and caused me to really sort of listen deeply, um, to the songs on that CD and really start getting in my head what what Bruce Springsteen is and 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 what I see in him that's interesting um yeah as a you know uh, the autobiography is um called Born to Run and it is a very honest story of you know his fight with depression his growing up his and his father's relationship and the relationship with the band I, I think it was um a very you know according to everyone that we've read he did not have a ghostwriter in fact the story is that he showed up at the place that um had published a couple other things and said hey i've got this book um, are you guys interested in publishing it? And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, he just, uh, and it, it's interesting. And, and I did think in chapter and verse, cause they included four or five songs from the pre, you know, the Castiles and Steve mill, steel mill. So you got to hear where he early was. And then he did pick. And, you know, the story of living proof is after his, oldest was born you know that's where that song came from okay and and i you know the whole idea of this is living you know and he was fighting depression and uh to see you know as a parent you know the joy of seeing that child um kind of gave him that you know living proof of what things you know what life can be and how it can work um that's interesting have you read the book uh, no, I haven't. I'm sad to say. Well, it is. Um, it, it is certainly. It's a long book, but it is. I think well written, and uh, it does feel kind of. Um, it has some good stories, and I, I think it's worth listening to. That's uh, that's awesome. Well, so um, you know more than most. Then you at least the chapter and verse. You've kind of heard some different things. So, um, so if you want, let's go by and let's talk about the songs. And we'll go from there. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sure. That works for me. Okay. So as I said, we kind of picked some songs, and we did. So we'll start out with, um, and oh, did I pull the list of songs? No. <laughs> Rosalita is where we're going to start. So... Come 
talk to me about uh, Rosalita. Well, I have to say, of the 10 you picked out, this is one of my favorites. I, I'm just so into this song um, because it's, it's so honest about, and it mixes both love and lust in the song, and there's just no apologies for that fact. And I just, I think that's one of the themes that I hear in a lot of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs is that uh, both of those elements are in there and he's just very earnest, earnest and yearning. (laughs) And I think uh, this particular song uh, just captures that perfectly. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it is a live favorite. It is on Rolling Stone's list of 100 greatest Bruce Springsteen songs. It is number 11. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's certainly good. I, I do, it, it, he usually plays it toward the end of the set, and it is such a, you know, kind of get you out of your seat and kind of dance up and down. And there is that, I, I, I like how you put it, there's the love and the lust that is, you know, a young person. And, you know, yes. come on, Rosie, let's, you know, go out and don't listen to your parents. Let's go let's you know let's go embrace this so yeah. there is that energy in it yeah. a lot good no i totally agree with that it, it, the, i love the fact that it's a young man's song yeah um so going next um we have promised land by the way rolling stone pushed that as number 10 on their list of 100 greatest uh bruce springsteen songs Moment into my head, Mr. Ryan, a 
What's your thoughts on Promised Land? Well, you know, again, this is also a song that's that's told from a young person's point of view. I don't know when it was written, uh, but this one seems to be more along the themes of, you know, feeling trapped in small town life. And again, this is a this is a feeling that you know a lot of people feel, especially at that age. And um, I think he gives voice to that feeling. I think that's part of why he's so popular is that he he really does a good job of tapping into that. And at least on the versions of the song that I heard um, over the years for this, he he almost always plays the harmonica himself on this song. And I, and I think that says a lot about him, too. Um, so this is another one that I thoroughly enjoyed. I love that phrase, I'm not a boy, I'm a man, and I believe in a promised land. Um, it is, and it, by the way, it came out in 78, so um, he was um, still in his 20s. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it is a very good song, and I think that's good insight. So then we move to Badlands, which Rolling Stone says is the second most important Bruce Springsteen song. So they really like this one. Lights out tonight Trouble in the heartland Got a head on collision Smashing in my guts, man Caught in a crossfire I don't understand There's one thing I know for sure I don't give a damn For the same old plate I'd seen I don't give a damn But just see it makes wings Honey, I want the heart The soul control Right now Say 
what are your thoughts? Uh, I have to say, it. this is not one of my favorites. Um, well, you, you know, I, I like the fact that it, it seems to be about escaping the rat race and, and the way that you escape the rat race is through love. And, and I like that about the song, but you know, it's like, I don't, I don't think there's much in the bridge in this song and, and I'm not, I, the, the piano riff didn't really grab me. I, I don't know. It, it's just musically. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. I, I'm not feeling it. I'm, I hate to say that, but no, no, I, I, that's, <laughs> um, as <laughs> the, the worst thing that can happen, and you know this, Calvin, is you to go, I like it, or I didn't like it. Right. And I'm like, that's, that's it? <laughs> right. This is going to be a so, really short podcast, so that's yeah. great. But, um, I, you know, I'll, appreci- I'll say I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I like a good Escape the Rat Race song, and I like the sentiment. But, but yeah. musically, I'm just, mm, I, I just didn't do it for me. So I'll just leave okay. it at that. <laughs> no, no, I think that's fair. And um, one of my favorite, uh, this is a song that he will start some shows with. Uh, my friend Sam that I was telling you about with Americana, this is a song that he would, I, I could go the rest of my life and never hear this again because it's been played so often. Mm. I, I I do love the lyrics about poor man want to be rich, rich man want to be king, right. and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. Yes. Uh, um, but um, it, it is a driving song that, um, you know, gets people up and jumping and kind of, you know, doing their fist pounding. But <laughs> okay. I, do, I do agree that in a lot of ways this is just a simple, you know, power song that, you know, he's just getting out there. So then we go to Out in the Street. Rolling Stone gives this number 80. This is my son's, who's 28's favorite Bruce Springsteen song. You won't. 
what are your thoughts on out in the street? Well, I kind of put this in the same uh, camp as um, uh, Rosalita uh, in the sense that it feels to me like, it, you know, it's another song about a guy professing his his love for his girl and and he's going to make it all right for her no matter what. He's going to do whatever it takes. And I really like that about uh, the song. But in my opinion, it doesn't hold a candle to Rosalita. So um, I, I like it okay, but it would have a hard time, you know, making it in a set uh, of Bruce Springsteen music because I think there's so many other ones that are that are stronger. Yeah, when he toured this past um, year, um, where he had done the river and he played the river in full, okay, um, that you know he played those that double album just from start to beginning. So out in the street got played a lot. It is a fun song. I, I, I agree with you. It doesn't have the complexity or the necessary, the energy of Rosalita. I, I do I do love the sentiment of the idea that on Monday morning, I'm already thinking about Friday night and this whole, you know, getting your your best girl together and going out and seeing it. So um, I totally agree with you that if you're comparing the two, Rosalita would win right away. So... I want to move to Highway Patrolman. That is from Nebraska. I'm I'm gonna be shocked if you don't like this one. Uh, <laughs> Twenty seven on the Rolling Stone list. Uh, your thoughts on this one from Nebraska? My name's Joe Roberts. I work for Steve. Sergeant and Purdenville Barracks number eight I always done an honest job As honest as I could Had a brother named Frankie Frankie ain't no good Ever since we was young kids It's been the same come down I get a call on the short way Frankie's in trouble downtown If it was any other man I'd put him straight away When it's your brother Sometimes you look the other way Yeah, me and Frankie Loving and drinking Nothing feels better than blood on blood Taking turns, dancing, but Marie. So band played night of the Johnstown foot. I catch him when he's strained, like any brother would. Man turns his back on his family, he just ain't no good. Well, Frankie went in the army back in 1965. I got a farm to firm, settled down, took Marie for my bride. Them wheat prices kept on dropping, till it was like we were getting brown. Frankie came home in 68, yeah, I took this job. Yeah, me and Frankie loving and drinking, nothing feels better than blood on blood. 
I like this song a lot. Um, I'm always a sucker for a good ballad. And um, I I like, because I'm sure this happens in many small towns that uh, brothers or close friends take different paths. And so it's not too much of a stretch to imagine, you know, real world cases similar to the one, um, you know, where this guy has to chase his brother down um, and uh, try to arrest him because his brother's, you know, on the wrong side of the the law and whatnot. So I like that. And um, what's interesting, there's several things that's interesting to me about this, but part one of the things that's interesting about this song is there's no, you know, what, sometimes what we call a turn in us in the song, there's no big reveal. There's no change of heart or sentiment of the protagonist in the song. He's like just as dedicated as at the beginning of the song as he was at the end. And while he's sad about it, he sort of stayed true to himself. And he's also pretty much stayed true to his brother. And I think being able to hold that complexity is really interesting that, you know, a lesser songwriter might have, you know, made him, you know, shirk his duty to the law or, you know, some other turn or change in character like that. Whereas this one, I feel like um, he stays true to himself and 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 equally just as committed to his brother up to the very end. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the you know when he talks about you know a man he turns on his family is just no darn good. But you know he's he's trying to do what's right. Um, I I don't know if you in your research Johnny Cash covered this in one of his yes. Uh, and and I actually think the Johnny Cash version is better than the Bruce Springsteen version, partly because of as I explained earlier how I grew up listening to Johnny Cash. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I have heard the Johnny Cash cover too, and um, well, I I think I mean I think Bruce probably wrote this song with somebody like Johnny Cash in mind, don't you think? I do too. I, I think so. And that whole, um, you know, there is, you probably know better than I, but there's this whole, you know, 
in the fifties, you know, in this whole genre of story songs and, right. you know, wreck on the highway, <clears throat> Porter Wagner, you know, the, I can't remember the city now, but the incident, you know, and there's this, this kind of, this whole morbid, you know, songs about, you know, um, storytelling and, and death on the highway and other things. And the, I, I, I picture this is a very cinematic song. You picture the two brothers, you know, at the local, you know, bar and taking turns dancing with Maria as they talk about and right. you know and 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 you know one of them going to Vietnam and the other one, you know, staying here in the farm and there is a in fact um the Indian runner is uh, Sean Penn's film that he very clearly says this was based on this, um, you know, song. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this one. This is one of my favorites. If I have to list my 10 favorite Springsteen songs, this probably makes it because I just think it is so well done. Agreed. Good. All right, so then we move to Better Days. Now, this was a song that he wrote during the dark, days of when the E Street Band had been fired. He was living in California. Um, he had was spending a lot of time uh, with him and Patty, having children and kind of redoing. Um, you know, this is in the, he in the middle 90s, he put out two albums on the same day. Rolling Stone says this is number 70. Um, what are your thoughts on Better Days?
well, I didn't know the history of the song. Uh, you know, I've just listened to it and, and had some reactions. And my my reaction to this song was, <clears throat> whereas, you know, songs like Rosalita are the songs of a young man. This is the songs of a middle-aged man and who's been around the block a few times and maybe has some baggage. Um, but it's still, you know, he's still very earnest Um you know, committed to his family and is not going to stray from that. And I really like that about it. I think it's a good counterpoint to some of those earlier um, high energy, enthusiastic uh, songs. So I like this one a lot, uh, especially when you sort of, like I say, uh, counterbalance it with some of those other songs. It, it 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 gives you two very different feels, and yet they're they're both earnest. And they're both about mm, family and love. And one is just a guy that's, you know, had to be around the block a few times before he came to it. So I, I like this song a lot, but it's also very different. You know, I appreciate that, Calvin. I use this song sometimes when I'm doing a business discussion. After Born in the USA, he did Tunnel of Love. And if you listen to Tunnel of Love, it is... Many people believe, and I think it's fairly obvious, it was dealing with his relationship with Julianne Phillips. And as a critic says, it's the breakdown of a marriage, you know, in a musical album. And then Better Days, I think, is this age of where he's going, you know, I, the journey is what's important. And, 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 no matter, there's always going to be a chance to look for more. But if I, and excuse the cliche, stop and stop and smell the roses. If I enjoy the journey, that's where you truly find happiness. And so when I do a business speak, uh, talk to agents or people, I say, if I can give you any advice, it's to you to, yes, it's good to be ambitious. Yes, it's to be driven, but enjoy the journey. Don't say, well, I'll be happy when I get promoted, or I'll be happy when right. I get my degree, or I'll be happy when the kids are out of diaper. Enjoy what's happening with you right now. Embrace that journey because it is that's what's truly important about life, and, and that's what the song means to me. Okay, fair enough. I, 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 can, I can certainly see that. Good. <clears throat> All right. So then we're going to move to um, Into the Fire. This did not make um, Springsteen the list, um, but this is from The Rising. And The Rising was his album that came up after 9-11. Um, the story, supposedly true, but could possibly be just legend, is that someone on the street said, Hey, Bruce, we need you back after 9-11. And so the whole album, The Rising, deals a lot with the themes of the loss. And so Into the Fire is, I, I could have picked a lot of different songs from The Rising, but I wanted to give you a taste of that. So um, what do you think about that? The sky was falling and streaked with blood. And you disappeared into dust Up the stairs Into the fire In the stairs 
I think, I mean, it feels like it almost has to be a true song. I don't know if it is uh, about a true story or not. What's interesting to me about this song, it's, you know, about somebody rushing into that fire to try to rescue somebody else and, and making that sacrifice or at least that risk of a sacrifice. And as I understand the song, he's unsuccessful in, in rescuing whoever it is. And I think that makes the song that much more powerful. And so I I like the fact that that's the way the song uh, turned out. But what's what's really interesting to me about this song, and one of the things I really respect Bruce about for this song, is that it's not overly sentimental. It's more of a respectful tribute song um it, it's not cloying it's not saccharine sweet it's it's not trying to be a tearjerker it's it's more of a salute almost and i think that's what makes this song work i totally agree calvin it is um you know there is certainly um and we'll talk about this in a little bit um 
with a couple other songs, but this is not saccharine. He talks about, I believe that in another life, despite being raised Catholic, that Bruce Springsteen was born to be a Southern preacher. <laughs> you know, okay. um, I, I love the idea that I need you near, but love and duty called you someplace higher and going into the fire. The idea, and there was a lot of discussion of that after 9-11, that, you know, these people rushed to this burning building versus running away. And I, I do love the simplicity of the, may your strength give us strength, may your faith give us faith, may your hope give us hope, and may your love give us love. It's a very sparse song, but I think it, as you talked about earlier, it feels real. Yep. All right, so then we go to, from Magic, Girls in Their Summer Clothes. This is what I say is Bruce's version of a Brian Wilson Beach Boy song. <laughs> uh, it is made 57 on the list. Uh, what's your thoughts about that one? It's on, I'm out the door Tonight I'm gonna burn this town down There's good and bad in this song, in my opinion. Um, it, uh, one of the things that's a red flag for me when I'm auditioning songs, I want to talk about two red flags, but one of them is if the producer has put in a string background um, into a song, it kind of means that the song is thin musically and I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure about this song, but it, it sounded to me like there's some filler strings 
on this song. And, and I, like I said, that's always a red flag with me. So musically, I'm not a huge fan. Um, but then the other red flag is actually kind of a positive, um, my wife and I joke a lot when we're auditioning CDs, um, beginning songwriters, sometimes they'll have a pretty good melody that they're kind of pounding out on the guitar, but the lyrics don't fit with the melody. And so you, you, you hear them trying to cram extra words into uh, a line of a verse because that's what they wrote down on paper when they wrote the lyrics, but it doesn't fit in musically with the melody and we we've heard that so often we actually coined the term awkward line foul uh oh i like because, that yes because <laughs> because that's that's really a mark of an of an amateur songwriter however in the proper hands an awkward line foul can be used to artistic effect some master songwriters can make it work and and this and then this song um, he does that. Uh, uh, it's the line tonight. I'm going to burn this town down has at least two more syllables in that line than it really ought to. But because of the way he delivers it and because it adds punch to that particular sentiment of that particular line, I think it works. And I've, I heard, I've, I've heard him do this in other songs as well. And so I think, um, I think it's a well-written song um, it doesn't really grab me that much emotionally, and and I think it's kind of thin musically. But uh, but still, I you know I I, ad- I admire even in this song, um, it shows him as sort of being sort of a master lyricist. Oh, very nice. All right, so we're heading toward the last two. So Jack of All Trades came from the album Wrecking Ball. It was sp- uh, Rolling Stone ranked it as number 71. Jesus said we might. I'm a 
your thought of jack of all trades oh i like this song a lot um maybe i would have guessed you would <laughs> maybe it's because it you know i'm you know i'm no spring chicken and uh and this one also feels like an older man's song and i love the horn lines and the bass drum on this i think the the horn lines and 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 the bass really kind of make this song it um kind of kind of feels like a, a a new orleans funeral march almost and it's yes it's it's very sad but um but like those new orleans funeral marches um the the the, the people are not that sad so it's kind of a sad sounding song but but the singer's not that sad and i, I kind of like that so i i think this one really works yeah um i was lucky enough in um august 25th I got to go, my son and I went up to, uh, got to see him perform at the MetLife Stadium. So we, bucket list, saw Bruce Springsteen in Jersey. And um, he had an orchestra, he had a string section for a couple of songs, and he did Jack of All Trades with the strings, and it was absolutely beautiful. Um, Jack of All Trades does have that kind of twist, though, that we talked about earlier that I, the first time I heard the song, did not see it coming. And, uh, you know, when he talked about if he had a gun, um, thoughts on that? It's it's done kind of matter-of-factly, right? So, yes. um, um, he's, I think he's making a statement and not a threat with that verse. Yes. So, uh, I think that works. Yeah, I do too. And I, you know, my, I have told this story. I, I had a wonderful stepfather um, that had worked in the oil fields and uh, was a carpenter and truly was someone who could fix almost anything. You know, he had that MacGyver vibe. And when I hear this song, um, I immediately think of my stepfather, Kenneth, and, you know, and I see him talking to my mom, you know, we'll, we'll get by. Oh, very and, cool. And, yeah. And so it is a, um, I think it's a, you're, once again, we go back to, this is a truth. This is people that have struggled and they're together and, and going back to better days, right? Like they're enjoying the journey. We're going to make this happen. It's going to be all right. So good. So uh, my last song that I give you was Land of Hope and Dreams. Um, it is what I think many people believe Born in the USA is. Uh, you know, it is a song about, in my opinion, uh, about, 
you know, moving forward and, and the um, how do you leave behind, you know, baggage and kind of move on forward. So number 23 on Rolling Stone's Thoughts, what's your feelings about Land of Hope and Dreams? I have a lot of mixed feelings uh, about this song. Um, It feels to me like a gospel song and it opens like a gospel song and, and, but it doesn't stay that way. And so I I thought this song would have been much better if he had 
kept that gospel vibe uh, throughout of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of songs, a lot of gospel-y songs out there that use train rides as a metaphor for right. life's journey and whatnot. Um, I, and, but I just, you know, it, I, 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 it seemed like the drums were electric drums on this one, which... Ah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, anyway, <laughs> uh, but, um, so I, I really wanted to like this song because the lyrics really, the, the lyric writing is top notch. And I think he kind of nails that, that gospel vibe in the lyrics and the sentiment and the metaphor. And so all that's great. And it opened like a gospel song, but it didn't feel like it stayed that way for me. So, um, I, I I count this one as a near miss. Okay, um, but, interesting. But but I do I but I do like it, and I certainly like the sentiment uh, that he's singing about here. You know, um, this train is bound for glory. You know, is I think is the grandfather of this song. You know yeah. that that you know where. Um, because it talks about you know there are no gamblers or other things and right. and then while in in Bruce being very inclusive you know I, my wife does not like this song and I always pick at her and I say that's because it's got the word whore in it that is not the reason why I'm like I'm just telling you I think that's why you don't like it um, but I love that premise of that we're all here you know that you don't need a ticket just coming on board um well, and that's a very christian sentiment and very gospel sentiment yes so. and and i do think you're a very good point calvin that it is it starts out as a gospel and it is you know one of the things i find interesting is almost any time he plays this he introduces it as the music's playing this is land of hope and dreams. And if you Google live performances, he always announces the title and he doesn't on most songs. Uh, oh, that's but, interesting. Yeah. And so, um, why do you I think know, that is? You know, I, I think it truly is almost his version of an altar call. Yes. If we get overly, you know, yes. sentiment, I, you know, um, that this is, he's saying, you know, the that. Tent. This, yeah, come to the tent, and you know, <laughs> er, you know he's been saying, you know, no one wins unless everyone wins, right. and this whole. Um, so I do think that I think that is his why. I mean, I come to the tent. Well said, you know, come to here. This is this is what I want us to do. I want all of us to get together to try to make things better. So mm. very cool. Well, um, Calvin, after you've kind of dwelled into this um catalog what's your thoughts does has it changed your opinion of bruce um have he made you maybe want to inter- do a little more or what uh it has been a fun exercise and i want to thank you for giving me the opportunity you know uh i i could have gone listen to bruce springsteen anytime but i haven't and so you know, having this list of specific songs to go through has been an enjoyable experience, and um, I appreciate having done it. Uh, I I guess I would say uh, Bruce Springsteen is thoroughly on my radar. He's somebody that I'm always going to be listening to and interested in what he does next. Uh, because I think he's got an interesting eye. I think he's got his ear to the ground really well. 
And now he's got such an opus, we can trace his evolution and his music, and we all kind of follow that journey as we get older. And it's going to be really interesting to see what he does you know, in these later years of his life. And, um, uh, you know, Willie Nelson has been on my mind a lot these days. And I think back on all the different eras of his career. So like in the 50s and 60s, you know, he was the clean cut Texas troubadour. Right. And then he was the outlaw country guy. And then he was the pot smoking hippie guy, you know, and yeah, and now he's the guy who's not letting his age get in his way of doing what he loves. And not to say that Bruce will follow that exact path, of course, but, um, you know, he's, he's sold, sold me in terms of being able to write, uh, really authentic lyrics and songs. And so I'll be interested to see how he applies that songwriting talent, um, to, to these later years of his life. It'll be a really interesting journey. You know, I, I, he's, there's rumors that he's going to go do a set of shows at Broadway and some of very small select fans are, you know, kind of whining that it's going to be impossible to get tickets and it's too elite. And, and I kind of say, you know, he's 67 and whatever he wants to do creatively, I say, good for you, because it would be very easy to do. Um, and and I love Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, but you know Mike loves Beach Boys. Go out and they are just the greatest hits live band, and they're a nostalgia act. And there's no change in the set list; they just do the same show every night, 90 minutes. Thank you very much. We we could just as easy listen to a jukebox. And while Bruce is trying to do stretch creative muscles and and trying to do something and try to say something, and I think that's um, interesting, and I think it's inspiring, and I'm right there with you. I wonder what he's going to do next. Yeah, and and the other thing is, he's he's not stupid. Yeah, he may be doing these small shows or whatnot, but there will be a route to hear what happens at those shows you know there'll be some way that his fans can get access to that even if they can't get those very expensive tickets he's he's no dummy either absolutely (laughs) but you're right it's like it's like i said at the very beginning you like it when an artist is going in different directions and trying things and you know, even if they're not 100% successful, it's like, wow, okay, we, we see what you're trying to do there. And so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Well, that is wonderful. I'm, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot, um, and I'll cut this out if you don't have a good answer, but do you have a couple of suggestions, and maybe you can email me later if you want to think about it. If we're Bruce fans, are there a couple of people that you would suggest we might listen to to get a a different vibe or a, an artist that you know as an amazon says well if you like this you might like this oh man i wish i'd had that question before so i could think about it uh, okay. because i am terrible at, at okay. thinking of band names um all right well then we will the spot so i will but, cut this out <laughs> But I will, but, uh, I will email some to you. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and, and, and by the way, if you, um, 
if you ever want to return the favor and say, hey, Jesse, here's 10 songs you want to listen to and then have you come uh, talk about it, uh, I'd love that challenge and that fun. Um, you have been perfect. You it is exactly what I wanted. I, I, I just wanted someone who loves music to come in and say what they liked, what they didn't like, and just have them expose something more than just Born to Run and Thunder Road. Not that Born to Run and Thunder Road aren't amazing songs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay um, uh, I, will, I will think about that. Uh, okay. I, my, my current show format is not really set up mm-hmm. for something like that because I, I have a really hard one-hour limit. But okay. what I do, like, what I can do is, like, do special episodes between you know the regular weekly episodes and i think that would be a fun exercise so let me think about that um and what we could always do calvin as we um this will all go away on my edit but you could always we could use my format but you lead the discussion like a special kind of twist yeah set listing you know set listing bruce with calvin and we reverse the polarity kind of as you know we talk about on doctor who to say okay you know jesse was kind enough to stretch my musical muscles now then i'm going to return the favor i'm going to host i've given him some songs and then we're going to let him do the homework and then talk about it yeah no no i think that's a great idea um okay good you know uh, and, and we would do it as a special episode between the weekly episodes. It, right. It's just, um, I like the idea. Um, so let me think about it. it, yeah, it and at no, the same time, it's like there's only 24 hours in the day. But uh, <laughs> I totally get that. And, you know, it's. Um, but let me know, see what I'm, I can do. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and we don't have to do a whole 10. I just think that would be fun. Um, it's, you know, I, I totally understand. I'm. You know, I'm I'm in, I'm in doing the, two epi- two podcasts. I don't know how you do that, man. Oh, I, I t- you know, luckily, and I um I told my uh, I'm gonna I've been doing a Game of Thrones podcast, and I'm telling the guys I may have to not do this. Uh, luckily, my wife uh, knows I have fun doing this, so she kind of supports me. Um, so okay, let me. There's a little silence, so that'll help me when I'm editing. All right, Calvin, this was amazing. Plug the podcast again. How can people hear some of this wonderful music you've discussed? Um, how do they find the podcast? Sure. Uh, well, everything starts at AmericanaMusicShow.com, and uh, the podcast is, of course, available on iTunes, Google Play Music, uh, and all your favorite uh, podcast players. So, uh, yeah, feel free to check it out. Sign up. The subscription is free. And uh, always love to hear feedback from folks, you know, just like we did on this show tonight. Which songs on my podcast did you like? Which ones did you not like so much? You know, I love to hear that. I mean, podcasters thrive on that sort of feedback. So uh, don't be shy. Don't be nervous. Let me know what you think. Absolutely. I, I cannot urge that enough um, in, because, you know, in a lot of ways, we're just feel like we're yelling into the void. Yeah, and, uh, you know, true. it's like, <laughs> and it's like, you know, at the end of the month, you get your download numbers and you go, OK, I, I guess people like the show, uh, you know, uh, That's right, but, and, that, but that one email and a thousand that you get then makes it all worthwhile. Right. You know. It, it truly does. And, um, it, and it, I, even because 
you just want to hear, well, you know, this was an interesting point, or I really appreciate this. So, absolutely. Uh, Twitter, your Twitter handle? Uh, well, the um, the Twitter handle for the show is at Amer Show, like A-M-E-R, like Americana Show. Okay. So, at A-M-E-R-S-H-O-W. Okay. Good. Um and uh, I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. The show is at Set Lusting Bruce on Twitter. Uh, love to hear your feedback. As Calvin just said, uh, please, you know, subscribe, rate, and review. It truly is how we find listeners. Yeah, when people are searching for podcasts and to listen to, um, that makes a difference, it and does. it's uh, important to us. Uh, I think we're both trying to get nominated for a podcast award. Uh, yeah, that's I right. saw that on your webpage. Yes, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, you can go in and nominate us both. Um, it last year I ended up getting nominated. Got about in the middle of the pack on voting, but I was just thrilled that hopefully a few people checked out the podcast and kind of liked what we were doing. So I know you feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're we both have niche podcasts, so yes. uh, <laughs> it's going to be really tough to um, you know. To win, but uh, getting on the ballot is is uh, great validation. So, congrats on that. Absolutely, thank you. Well, um, I appreciate it. Um, I we will have to do this again. Um, I am looking forward to hearing um, more great music from the podcast. Uh, for now, I'm going to thank my listeners. I'm going to thank you, Calvin, and we're going to have a good night. Bye. with you today good evening son i'll see you soon awake on my own terms lately who's to say we're upside down who's to say we're falling if we miss the ground who's to say we're going nowhere if we like spinning around and round It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.